familiar verse to us, I'm sure, is found in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Part of that verse says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus spoke these words from the cross on Calvary, and it's uh, kind of mysterious when you think about it. Jesus had been tortured by these people. He had been cruelly... They've ruined his life. They've ruined his, his physical being. They had done everything they possibly could do to destroy the Son of God. And then he says, forgive them, for they, they don't know what they're doing. Well, they didn't know what they were doing. He was, he was the creator. The earth that they stood upon that day, the cross that he was hung on that day, he had created that. So they obviously didn't know what they were doing. But Jesus was kind and caring, and he met the needs of people wherever they were, and he wanted these people also to be forgiven. Forgiveness is a core a center, if you will, of the gospel. When we come to the Lord for salvation, we may not ask it directly, but we are asking for forgiveness of our sins. We want our sins to be blotted out. We want to find a new life in Christ that we've heard about. And we, and we, we expect something uh, from God in the way of forgiveness. We expect to be forgiven. Our faith is in God's word. God's word has been shown us and told us. And now we are believing for salvation. We are believing for forgiveness. Forgiveness is wonderful. The Apostle Paul recorded uh, one particular verse I wanted to read in Colossians uh, chapter uh, 3, verse 13. It says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Now this is where it falls to the Christian. We have been forgiven. Now we are learning something about forgiveness. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. We, we put off harming anyone or anybody for what they may have offended us. And instead we forgive. We just say, may not get to say it, but it comes from our heart that I'm, I'm, I'm sorry this happened, but I forgive you. I forgive you. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So the relationship to forgiveness is related right back to Jesus. As he forgave and as he forgives, we can forgive. He empowers a Christian to forgive. Now on your own, you, you may find it very difficult to forgive. I hear people sometimes, or I hear this said sometimes, that people fail to forgive themselves. Well, if you don't forgive yourself, you go on in life in a very strange state. That's not the way God wants us to be. He wants us to forgive ourselves for the things that we may have done to anyone or anybody or to God, and that we can express that forgiveness to others and show them that God is love, like we've heard in so much music tonight. God is love. 
God cares about us very, very much. So also do ye, the scripture says. Do you like object lessons? Well, for better or for worse, got a little one here. Thinking in terms of forgiveness, that we need to be wrapped up in it. If we're wrapped up in forgiveness, then you can't offend me because you're already forgiven. I'm I'm coded, so to speak, in the forgiveness that God gave me. That doesn't mean I'm going to like everything you do to me because I might not like what you do to me or what you do to my friends or anybody else. But I'm going to be prepared in advance. Be prepared. Think in terms of living about oh, 37 miles south of the North Dakota or the Canadian border in January. It's 20 below zero with a 20 mile per hour wind and you got to go to work and you walk about a half a mile or so. You want to be prepared. So you put on an expensive version of the hat. This is this is a clunky hat, but I've found it somewhere on sale. And it's and I've used it. It's nice in the wintertime. Even even in Portland, it's nice. In North Dakota, you want military issued, and, and that's much, much better. But what we found and what we were taught is that you need proper boots. Probably expensive boots, insulated boots for the cold climate of the north. Even Montana, right? Need good boots. Good hat, good boots. A parka might be nice, actually quite expected. A good military parka. When you put it on and you zip it all the way out, if you've ever seen these or worn them, you can hardly see out the front because there's just a little space there and quite often it frosts up on you in the cold of North Dakota or other cold climates. But gloves have always been fascinating to me. I got these somewhere. They're, I think, deerskin, and they have a liner. And you put them on, and your hands stay nice nice and, nice and warm. And that's a good thing. I've actually probably used them. Didn't we have snow here once in the last 10 years, I think? I may have used it then. They're not very good for cell phones because the fingers, you know. But gloves are good like that. Mittens are good. They're, they're good for adults because you keep all your fingers together except for the thumb and the, the fingers help each other stay warm. It's kind of like the gospel. In the gospel, Christians get together. Have you known the, the social experience that's been going on? We, we've tr- tried to gradually be careful how we get too close to people. I don't think I've seen anybody hug yet, but it's, we're getting real, real close. People shaking hands when they're not supposed to. Stuff like that. But there's, there's something about being close uh, to other Christians. We, we keep each other warm, so to speak, in the gospel. So we want to be, want to take that little sample and realize that we want forgiveness wrapped all around us. I'm amazed at this man in the Bible called Joseph, about 1700 years before the time of Christ. How did he learn the lessons he learned? So, so long ago, he did not have a cell phone, a smartphone. He couldn't listen to Christian music. 
He didn't have a New Testament, obviously. He didn't have the encouragement of others. He didn't get a phone call from some Christian friend or a godly friend. They didn't even know what Christ was at that time. To, to kind of boost his spirit in this time. You see, he had been misrepresented in big way. His dad loved him so much he gave him this coat of many colors and then his brothers hated him. Hated him so bad they were ready to, to kill him. Through circumstances, he didn't die, but he was sent off to Egypt and became, uh, he had got a good job for a little while, and then he was misrepresented again and he ends up in prison for something like 13 years in his young life. That was all taken away from him. How would you like to have 13 of your best years taken from you? And I know when we look at the, the subject of Joseph in Genesis, we read about, you know, he prospered in prison and so forth, but he was still in prison, okay? He, he didn't talk to the other jailers to say, hey, you know, I kind of like, could we go over and take a look at the, 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 the pyramids today? Let's just have a little tour. Uh, uh, Joseph, you're in prison. You don't get to do things like that when you're in prison. They didn't have air conditioning back then, did they? They didn't have all those amenities that we're so acquainted with, with these days. I went to visit somebody one time in a, in a jail. And uh, it's quite a big building. It was a jail. But I was amazed. They had a basketball court right there in the middle of that jail. Talk about amenities. These guys are in jail for doing something they shouldn't have done, I suppose. But I mean, that's not what Joseph had. I don't know what they did for games in Joseph's day. But something is unique about Joseph. If you ever realize that if something gets in your craw, whatever a craw is, it gets in your craw, it just kind of festers. It gets worse and worse every day. Why did they do that to me, those people? They should never have done that. Well, as a Christian, it should be pretty short-lived because we realize at some point that's not going to do me any good. So we pray and we forgive. Isn't that what we do? We forgive because it works so effectively. Read part of this from chapter 45 in Genesis. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, caused every man to go out from me, and there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. Can you picture that spot? Here's those boys. They're here. They don't even know who I am, but I just told them who I am. They should be shaken in their boots by now because they don't know what Joseph is going to do to them. They know what Joseph should do to them, but they don't know what he's going to do to them. And, and verse 2 says, And he wept aloud, and uh, the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him. No wonder. For they were troubled at his presence. That would be quite something to look into, wouldn't it? See Joseph telling these brothers of his, 
that had done what they had done to him. Oh, how I'd like to tell you about those 13 years in prison. Joseph, prior to this time, kind of played a little game with his brothers. Did you notice that when you've read that in times past? Kind of sent him back home and then I, I want my younger brother to come with and I want to keep your younger brother here and then you can go back and do whatever you have to do, take the food back. And they, they couldn't do it. Even Joseph, he could not he could not go any farther with this deal that he'd come up with. But he told him who he was. Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. You know, when, when people have a problem with certain people, they don't want to get close to them. No, they want to stay far away from them. But he says, Come near to me. Come, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom he sold into Egypt. Well, he told part of that there, didn't he? Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that she sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Joseph had found out in those years, since pretty much he was out of prison by that time, he had found out that God had a plan here. This was God's plan as cruel and as wicked and as awful as the plan was for Joseph, there was a plan. God had a plan. It was the will of God that Joseph would be in Egypt. What an unusual plot. You read the book of Genesis, there's 14 chapters on this subject. That's incredible. 14 chapters pertaining primarily to Joseph and his life and all the particulars uh, regarding that subject. But he forgave his brothers. That's the only way you can get by with that. How else could he? How could he possibly do anything but forgive his, his brothers? Or else it would be just the opposite of that, wouldn't, wouldn't it have been? You read in the 14th and 15th verses, And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. This was an emotional time. It was an incredible time. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. They're feeling a little bit easier now. Who much knows about the time frame here, how long it took to get to that place? Or how many times Joseph had to say, it's okay, it's okay, you're safe, it's going to be all right. It was really something. It's an incredible story, but it's a true story. It's a true story. For us, we live in, what year do we live in? 2021. We live in 2021. And something comes after us and difficulties come. We've got it pretty good, really. As bad as some things have been, as difficult as it's been, and for some it's been pretty bad, really. But God is still the same God that he was for Joseph. God is the same God today to help us through another day, that we can have the victory in the Lord, we can have the peace of God in our hearts. One other verse in Psalm says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, rejoiceth. And with my song, will I praise him. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus established the precedent for forgiveness 
even though it began way before Jesus' time as walking as a man, the precedent was in motion. Forgiveness was in place. And that's what Jesus wants for us today. He desires to forgive the whosoever will. The, the, the sinner, the sinner who will come to the Lord, the sinner who will bow down before the Lord and ask for help and seek God for the peace of God. You don't have to know much about it, but you have to come. Come unto Jesus, all that labor and are heavy laden. And he said, he'll give you rest. Rest for your soul, peace for your heart. Joseph, at one time, had a coat of many colors. But he evidently didn't get to keep it very long because they used that coat to deceive their father. And that coat had the blood that they had put on it. They had tried to fake out their father, but they couldn't fake out God. God had a plan. And so now, there's a plan for us. There's a plan of forgiveness for our everyday living. We can put on good clothing if we're in cold weather, but better than that even is the, the shield of forgiveness that we can have as our defender in life and know that God will go go before us. We're going to have a time to pray tonight. Altars of prayer have been prepared. They're all ready. We're going to stand and sing a song, 565, and have a chance to pray together.